But before we get to the problem of free will, I want to say something more general about philosophy. Philosophy has a reputation for being about extremely rarefied problems that take years to appreciate that they're so abstruse and esoteric that no normal person could understand them. And I think that there are problems like this in philosophy. For instance, advanced problems in, in logic and philosophy of language do really require a great deal of study even to appreciate what the problems are. But for many of the most important philosophical issues, nothing sophisticated like that is required. No large period of training is required because for many important philosophical issues, common sense is really at the core of the problem, that many philosophical problems really flow from our everyday ways of understanding the world. And I want to illustrate this with two examples from philosophy that don't have much to do with free will at all. So the first example concerns what's called the mind-body problem. And most generally, the question there is, what's the relation between the mind and the body? And on the one hand, intuitively, my mind doesn't seem like a physical object. It doesn't seem like something that is in a particular location that takes up a certain amount of space. It seems like experiences like pain and, and emotions, they don't seem like physical objects, like basketballs. They seem completely different from physical things. So that's one side of the story. Intuitively, it doesn't seem like my mind is a physical thing. On the other hand, Common observation, you don't need to do any science to do this, just everyday observation indicates that the mind interacts with physical objects. So every time I staple my finger, it hurts. Now that's a physical event, a bit of metal piercing my tissue, but it causes mental activity. Pain is a mental activity. So the physical event of stapling my finger causes the mental event of pain. Or to take another kind of example, we know that drugs can affect mental processes. So when people take hallucinogenic drugs, it affects what happens in their mind. So in this case, it seems like what we have are, are, are physical events that are producing particular kinds of mental events. And so the mind-body problem asks, well, how is this supposed to work? What's the relation between physical objects, including the brain, and our apparently non-physical mind. So our mind doesn't seem physical, and yet it seems to interact in this regular way with physical objects. And so the mind-body problem is, how can we explain this? Two apparent facts. On the one hand, the mind isn't physical. On the other hand, it has this regular interaction with physical objects. How can we explain that? The other problem that I want to mention is a very different kind of problem. Um, and it's the problem, how is the existence of God consistent with the existence of evil. This is known as the problem of evil. In Western culture, it's a common belief that God knows everything, is all good, and all powerful. Um, that's something that, that most of us were raised to believe in the West. It's also a commonplace that very bad things happen, like little bunnies get burned up in forest fires. Um, that's a bad thing, and it seems like there's no particular point in having bunnies get burned up in forest fires. And so you might wonder, why does evil exist if God exists? Because God knows about it, he knows everything, and God is all-powerful so he could get rid of it, and because God is all good, you would think God would want to get rid of it. So this is the problem of evil. Why does God allow evil to exist when he could get rid of it? Now, philosophers have devoted an enormous amount of intellectual effort on both of these problems, trying to solve both of these problems. 
They're not our problems, so we're not going to talk about how philosophers have tried to solve these problems. But the point I want to make is these problems can be appreciated without any training in philosophy. You don't need to go to Oxford to understand the mind-body problem. And you don't need to go to Harvard to understand the problem of evil. These problems are right there to be uncovered in our everyday ways of thinking about the world. They just flow from the natural things that we already believe. That philosophy brings them forth. It brings forth these kinds of tensions that we have in different ways we think about the world. And the problem of free will, I think, is very much like this. It, too, has its roots in common sense. And just to give a sort of simple example, obviously the entire course is about free will, so we'll, be cut, we'll, we'll get much more detailed picture here. But let's just take this at a really elementary level. So it, it seems that at this moment, I could raise my hand or not raise my hand. That seems like a genuinely open possibility. Like, I really could do one or the other. And if I do raise my hand...